The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it was a beautiful thing that God had done. Out of creating this beautiful universe with its stars and its earth and its grass and its animals. But there was one thing missing when it seemed like it was almost all done. And that was, of course, God needed to create something much more alive and, and beautiful. And to create the piece de resistance of all of creation. And so... After creating the heavens and the earth, God formed a human being out of the dust of the earth. But alas, this human being, though beautiful and handsome, was nevertheless dead. There was no life there. It was not much more than a rag doll. And so God took that human form into his arms and he held his face close to the face of this new creation of his. And he breathed into the nostrils of that first human being, Adam. And he quickened. And his lungs filled with air and his heart began to beat. And he came to life. Now the breath that God breathed in to that doll of clay and dust was not just the air to fill his young lungs. It was something much grander and greater than that. The Hebrews have a word for it. Ruach. Wind, spirit, breath. All of those things wrapped up together. The grace of God, the life of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. The freedom of God, the joy of God, all breathed into that creature 
in one beautiful breath, Ruah. And so it was that God completed his work of creating the heavens and the earth. Sadly, it was not long before the sons of that first man, and of course his wife, Eve, had a little bit of a fight among themselves, a brotherly quarrel, jealousy, vengeance, revenge, take over the heart of Cain, and with a large stone he takes the life of his brother, leaving him dead in a field, lifeless, without the spirit of God in his body, without the grace of God, without the breath of God, without the ruach of God in him. And that horrible deed continued from time then on through the centuries and continues until, well, until the very day. We continue to experience that horror of evil, of human beings distancing themselves from God, of human beings taking from one another the spirit of God, the life of God, the ruach of God. And it is, of course, a very sad thing, beyond sad. Many, many centuries, if not millennia later, the prophet Ezekiel experiences that sadness in spades. For he is prophet of a people who have gotten very distant from God and who no longer even know God really. It's a hard time for Israel. They have long forgotten about how God led them from the slavery of Egypt to the grace of the, and freedom of the, of the new land. And Ezekiel, in the midst of this, in the midst of this hard time, in the midst of this time when his people no longer know God, have distanced themselves from God and have spent way too much of their lives taking the ruah of God from one another. And he has a vision. He has this powerful dream where he finds himself on a great plain stretching to the horizons of the earth, east, west, north, south. And filling that plain are nothing but dry bones. Dry bones that have been baked by the sun without tendons or sinew or flesh, no longer even connected together. From one horizon to the other, nothing but the dry bones of human, human murder, of human killing, of human taking the ruah, the life of God, out of one another, leaving everyone dead on the plain. Nothing but bones and dust, as was Adam before God breathed his life into him. And the prophet Ezekiel, Here's the voice of God say to him, prophesy. Prophesy and make these bones come together and restore their sinew and their muscles and their flesh. And so Ezekiel does what God orders him to do. And then he prophesies over the field of bones and begin to connect themselves once again and reconnect and reconnect. And there's a rattling sound so great that even Ezekiel can hardly stand the sound. And then the sinews and the muscles and the flesh begin to fall back into place. And before he knows it, Ezekiel is witnessing a great, great people spread before him. 
but still lifeless. Restored in body, but still lifeless without the ruah of God, without the breath of God, without the spirit of God, without the grace of God in them. And so God says to Ezekiel the prophet one more time, now prophesy over them that the spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God might fill them and bring them back to life. And so Ezekiel so prophesies. And we'll let the kids come in. <laughs> Ezekiel so prophesies and what do you know? Winds from the four corners of the earth flow across that plain and suddenly all of those people are brought back to life. And Ezekiel knows that this vision, this great dream is a parable about his own people and maybe also a parable about all humanity. That, that there is something terribly wrong in us taking from one another the ruach, the breath, the life of God. But it is God who restores that by breathing it anew into our bodies and into our hearts. Centuries later, another dead body this one, Jesus, in his tomb, cold and decaying. Dead because of what else? The hatred, the vengeance, the revenge, the bitterness, the jealousy of one human being for another. Jesus, the victim of all that is worst in humanity. Dead, dead, dead. Cold in a tomb. The life of God taken from him. The spirit of God pulled out of his body. The ruah of God missing. But then as we know from the Easter story, the breath of God returns to this Jesus and he rises from the dead even in a manner greater than that of the thousands and thousands upon the plains of the dream of Ezekiel or even Adam so many centuries and millennia before. And it's a great gift that he brings then to his disciples as he goes to them and shows them that he's alive, that the breath of God is back in him, that the ruah of God has returned to him. And he shows them his hands and his feet and his side pierced so that they know it's really him. And they're filled with joy. And then comes the Holy Spirit moment, the Holy Breath moment, the Holy Wind moment, the, the Holy Ruach moment. Now, St. Luke in the Acts of the Apostles paints it in a very broad stroke with, with a, lots of color. You've got 50 days after the resurrection and you've got winds blowing through the upper room and tongues of fire coming down upon the disciples and then languages being spoken in all kinds of languages. It, it's a wonderful, amazing vision. But St. John in his Gospel paints with a very, very fine line. He tells the story with delicacy, not broadly at all, with delicacy and tenderness and an intimacy that is incredible. John places the event on the very night of the resurrection, the first day of the week, 
the new creation. Jesus comes to his disciples, shows them his hands, they rejoice. And then he does something extraordinary. He breathes on them. He takes each one of his disciples, perhaps by the shoulders, and he brings them close to him. And he breathes on them. Or maybe he breathes into them. That spirit, that breath, that wind, that extraordinary ruah of God that is the new creation, that is new life, that is new hope, that is new joy. He restores them to life because they were dead too with despair and not knowing what to do and filled with fear. And in that breath, all of that disappears. And he restores them to the fullness of life by breathing the Spirit of God back into them. And in doing so, he gives them an extraordinary gift. Now, we all know the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Fortitude, counsel, you know, wisdom, those wonderful gifts. But in John's Gospel, there's only one. There's only one gift that comes with the breath of God, with the Spirit of God, with the Ruah of God. And it is the one gift that heals humanity. It is the grace to forgive the grace to forgive. That's why human beings distance themselves from God and end up killing one another from Cain killing Adam to the Romans killing Jesus. Because they didn't have the grace to forgive. And they were consumed by hatred and vengeance and jealousy. And so the killing continued and continued and continued. The grace to forgive that Jesus breathes into his disciples on that first day of the week, that day of new creation, of new life, of new spirit, of new hope, of new joy, of unbounded forgiveness, that's the great gift we celebrate today. The Ruah of God breathed into us gives to us too the grace to forgive.